What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. We got a lot going on today. We got the Super Bowl happening. We got all-star voting opening. We got D-Rose reuniting with Tibbs. We got a lot going on. You know, pray for D-Rose knees. Uh, we got the Texans not wanting to free Deshaun. We got the NBA not wanting to free Durant. A whole lot of incarceration going on today. But anywho, before we get to that, let me let me get introduce my mans, the master, the mixing master, Josh Gotten in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, the betting man, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. Now, fellas, you know we got to start off with this. You know, it, it has to happen. Uh, I feel like I'm probably the least fond of Brady out of all the folks on this show. But Tampa Bay with the oldest head coach in NFL history, I mean, uh, in Super Bowl history, pulled out a win 31 to 9 over the Chiefs, dominating fashion. So, does this cement Brady as the best athlete of all time, or is he not the best athlete of all time to you? Okay, okay. So, this morning after the Super Bowl win and everything, I saw all of the media outlets and this, this, and that, calling Tom Brady the greatest athlete of all time. I don't think it's even close. I don't think it's a conversation. I don't think he's anywhere near the greatest athletes of all time. When I think of athletes, I think of people with athletic ability. Now, do you want to say, is he the most skilled quarterback of all time? Possibly. You can make that You can make that conversation. I don't think he's the most skilled quarterback of all time. I just think he has the greatest career out of any quarterback of all time. He knows how to win games, right place, right time, a number of things. But when we start having a conversation about the greatest athletes of all time, not uh, do I think there's few football players on there, but quarterbacks are nowhere near the top of this list, nor should they be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Chris, what do you think about this? He on the best athlete of all time train or what? Uh, Spike Lee made a movie, man, back in the day. <laughs> and, 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 and it's a reason why he made this movie. It's called White Men Can't Jump. Oh, my Lord. That's the movie I'm referencing. And, and no offense to white people. I've seen some white people that couldn't jump out the jump. Don't get me wrong. But Tom Brady is probably the least athletic person at the quarterback position in the league right now. Probably. I can't mm-hmm. think of anybody least. Like, his his over-under for the spread last year was half a yard in rushing yards. And I don't even think he got it. <laughs> like, he didn't go out the pocket one time. Not that he's saying that he had to, because they did have terrific offensive line. Like, Gronk was back in 2010 almost with that offensive blocking he was doing. But, no. No, 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 no. He's not. He might be the best winner in the in a Super Bowl of all time, but best athlete ever, no. Not even close. I feel it. I feel it. Again, I, I find it so interesting because in football is literally called the ultimate team sport. There are 22 people on the field. This is not the 50s and 60s where guys play both ways anymore. A quarterback does one thing, or um, a quarterback like Tom Brady does one thing, and he does it well. I have never sat here and said, oh, Tom Brady isn't an all-time great. He's average. He's an all-time great. But when you talk about greatest athletes of all time, Simone Biles does some things that are so amazing in gymnastics 
They literally don't have a name for it. They ask her after the routine, well, what made you think of that? What what do you what do we call it? Again, I ain't never seen Tom Brady throw a pass where they said, wait a minute, what do we call that pass? <laughs> I ain't never seen a- nobody <laughs> throw a ball like that before. They call it a tuck rule. Oh, 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 see, see, <laughs> now I ain't even wanna I ain't even wanna start with the refs and the uncatchable ball that was a pass interference, but we're not gonna talk about it. I ain't even wanna start there. But I mean, objectively, there's just too many other and and this this really is the delineate the delineating factor for me. Not only are there players in individual sports that they are all they have. There is no you don't have Ty Law picking off Kurt Warner. You don't have, like you said, a tuck rule type of thing. You don't have that. You literally have your grit, will, and spit, and your ability to do, like Michael Phelps. There's the, who was helping them? Who? Other than the relays, it was just him. Yeah. And even if you take away his relay medals, he still got what? 12, 13? So, I mean, there, there's, there's that thought. I think that he's the best winner of all time. But even if we're talking about that, Winning is in a game like football up to more than just you. It's not just about you. It's it's not just about one player doing it right. And this game was another perfect example of that. The the Bucks scored 31 points. The Chiefs did not score a touchdown. Their only touchdown was in the airport in Tampa Bay. <laughs> and and was that somehow Brady's doing? No. But he benefited from it. That's what I mean by football is the ultimate team sport. It's different if we see like like we saw in the finals, Cavs Warriors 2016, where Bron goes off and leads both teams in every statistical category, volume wise. That's different because we saw it. We saw one man lead both teams in points, assists, steals, blocks, rebounds. We saw it. that doesn't happen in football. You don't go out and defend the other team in football. So that's just that's just uh, that on that. But let me ask y'all this, because there's been murmurs about it. Is Mahomes overrated or is the Mahomes hype train over? Not at all. I don't even think it's close to being true. I don't know where this narrative came from because he lost one game to an exceptional defense and uh, the most veteran of quarterbacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going into his uh, fourth season, correct? Uh, yeah, next year will be his fourth, I believe. Yeah, I think next season is his fourth season. What quarterback have we seen that in their first three seasons they've been to two Super Bowls and won one? Um, I I I can't think of any. I mean, if if there is any, it was during the time they was playing with leather helmets with one bar on the front and looked like old dude from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Like it's not any any time that's. I, Actually, quick correction, it's going to be his fifth season, but his fourth as a starter. Okay, yeah. But even if we're talking five seasons, I mean, even if we're talking these first four, yeah, we haven't seen anybody in four years, especially not starting one of them. Yeah, you're. I mean, proceed, brother. Proceed. So, so I'm. I'm not understanding where this is coming from because he lost one game. I mean, it's been plenty of people that lost Super Bowls. He's asking if Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's lost what uh five, right? Four or five Super Bowls. So I'm. I'm not understanding where this is coming from. I think. Uh, a large part of the reason why we started this show is to get rid of recency bias and to get rid of the microwave society that surrounds sports media. 
Patrick Mahomes lost one game. You went against a tough defense and he didn't do well. It's it's football. It happens. He still has a he's still on the trajectory to be by far the greatest quarterback of all time if he continues with this for another four seasons, eight seasons, twelve seasons. They, well, they did just book him for ten years, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah. do this for another ten years. It's not even about to be a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, y'all not wrong. Y'all not wrong at all. I'll say this. When I look at Mahomes and, and what he brings and what he doesn't, the thing that is so dynamic about Mahomes is there literally is not a thing that you can say he can't do. There's not one. He has accuracy underneath. He can throw the ball a country mile. He is very mobile. There's nothing that you can say like, oh, well, his timing and anticipation is bad. Word. So you think he threw for 124, I mean, 114 touchdowns to 24 interceptions in three years based on, like, the same deep ball every time concept? Word? Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. The man is averaging almost 40 TDs and eight interceptions a year. If he does that for 10 more, every record in the book is going to be his. Literally, all of them. And it's not even going to be close. It's not even going to be like, a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, not in 10 years. If he does it for another 12, 13 years, every record, his. So, I mean, I just don't. Again, like you said, guy, been to two Super Bowls, won one, all before the age of 25. I don't. Are y'all well? <laughs> right. Is, is it crack that you smoke? What's going on? And he's still going to be like- 25 when next season starts. I don't like how as soon as a championship happens, like in basketball, for example, like Kawhi was magically the best player in the world because Toronto win. LeBron come back and win it. Oh, oh, or LeBron took his title back to the throne. How did you, how did he lose his throne after one year of not being in the championship? Like literally, man, man. man just went eight straight finals and missed one. And now he's magically not the best player in the world. And I know we're talking football right now, but it's just it's just the the same concept. Like Mahomes loses one Super Bowl. He's been to two before he even turned twenty five. He's not even twenty five yet, is he? Or is he is he going on? He yeah, he's he's turned twenty five. He's twenty. He turned twenty five in uh, September. Okay, he just turned twenty five, and he's already been to two Super Bowls. Like what? One more day. With the rules the way they are to protect quarterbacks, he's going to be able to do what he does for a very long time. At least a 10 years. At least. So it's, 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 it's again, and if he do, just does what he is averaging right now, and, and mind you, we are assuming, because we all know quarterbacks generally get their best around the age of 27 to 30. Like, that's the part that, like, people who are saying, oh, he – He's now out of the conversation or don't put him in the conversation or not realizing he's not near his peak. If we're talking in terms of rappers, he's still on the corner telling people, listen to his SoundCloud. <laughs> or he's still, if you, if you old school listening to this, he's still on the corner handing out burnt CDs with him covering other people's beats. We're not even at the point where, where he gets signed by a major and, and he's, Playing everywhere on the radio, we're not there yet. He's still doing a million freestyles. To be exactly. honest, to be honest, if you want to, if you want to, I know the scale isn't really set in stone, but if you want to be technical, they say your prime years start at 26, 27. 
And that's what I'm saying. He's 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 not even there yet. So right now he's averaging 40 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and he's not at the prime yet. I beg your pardon. Where can you go from there? 45 and four, 50 and four? Like there's there's no other level that we've seen be reached, especially at a consistent level. The record for touchdowns in the season is 55. Thrown by Peyton Manning. And in that year, he threw 11 or 12 interceptions. So what are we... Again, it's it's strange. It's, it's me, all strange. To me, pound for pound, like get out the bed and go play football. It go Aaron Rodgers and then Mahomes as of right now for me. Like and current you know players. What? Current players. And you know what? I'm not upset about that at all. I'm not upset about that at all. Um, again, it's just it's, it's very it's just a very strange thing. All of a sudden, the Super Bowl loss is just oh, now he's the worst thing in the world. It's it's very confusing. And it's not like it we woke is. up and this dude lost a football game to Rex Grossman. He lost to Tom Brady. And, and not even and and here's the thing. Beyond that, he lost with two backup tackles. He lost with even as he was being mauled the entire game. This man literally, this is no exaggeration, no joke here, folks. People are literally saying that he threw the best incompletions <laughs> in Super Bowl history. This man was, he was going down on one play and flung it on his way down and hit his receiver in the face mask in the end zone. He just dropped it. <laughs> Again, like. What Listen, more do y'all want? Anytime I was told growing up, anytime the ball hits you in your head or your chest, it's your fault. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't understand why. I just don't understand where that talk is coming from. And granted, again, I understand with like the the big national media players, like, okay, you gotta, it's a twenty four hour news cycle, a sports news cycle, and you gotta say something. You just got to say something regardless of how outlandish, regardless of how much it don't make sense. I get it for them. But for the everyday Joe, what are you thinking? Saying like, oh, yeah, he's been exposed now. We know the game plan now. You do realize the game plan requires that you, like, murder one of his tackles before the game. That's, (laughs) That's part of the game plan. Make sure that we break one of their tackles, Achilles. Make sure that we we tear one of the other ones ACL. That's what we're going to do. Every year, boys, we regardless of what's going on, we're just gonna keep bodying his offensive lineman, and from there he'll break down because he's not good. It's it's very strange to me. It's very, very strange to me. When we look at the Super Bowls in which Eli beat Tom Brady, it's so interesting to me that nobody ever says, Oh, Eli just outplayed Tom. Eli beat Tom. Eli worked the mess out of Tom. It's always the Giants defense did a number. Oh man, straight hand, human yard, tuck. They they did a number. Well, what do you what do you call what Devin White and Shaq Barrett and Indomitian Sue did? What do you anywho? It, I just I don't understand it. But I mean, hey, more power to you, the folks who, you know, you get paid big money to just say ridiculous things and, and be memes, more power to you. And and again, if it takes two offensive linemen being hurt. And multiple drops in the end zone to hold him back. Um, congratulations. I hope that game plan works out well for you. 
And speaking of holding folks back, Kevin Durant feels like he was held back by health and safety protocols, which had him pulled in the middle of the game via contact tracing. Fellas, does this make sense? Should they have let him play in the game and just, you know, figure it out afterwards? Did the NBA do the right thing? Are they protecting the players at all? What do you think happened here? Um, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, if I'm correct, he played in the game, right? Yes, he played a decent amount in the game. He before, played about 21 um, minutes, about about 21 minutes. And I'm not under, I'm not understanding like these health and safety protocols. I'm really not understanding it because <clears throat> they're making it seem as if they are. It isn't a uh, 48 minutes of semi contact, full sweat full court, high fives, back downs, hard fouls of basketball going on. Yeah. Absolutely. And I understand that's breaking like COVID protocol, but at the same time, I don't understand the difference in somebody that may have had contact trace. Like one, why wasn't this why wasn't this known before the game? Two, why can't I shake your hand at half court, but I can uh hit you with a drop step and we both are sweating from our bodies onto each other. I'm not understanding like like what the rules are that's in place. And if KD already started playing the game, let him finish the game. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. Chris, what you thinking, man? Well, I, I don't like the fact KD went to social media and complained about it. Like he could have kept Free it in me. House. Yeah. And we know KD's known to do this. And this is why I don't have no faith in the Nets because of stuff like this. They're real emotional over there in Brooklyn. But, however, the league could have handled it a lot better. Um, They could have just said, you know what, KD, we aren't certain, so we're not going to let you play at all. You know what I mean? So they, they could have done that. Or they could have just said, you know what, he's already out there. Let him finish the game. And then we tell him, okay, you're out for health and safety protocols. Because, I mean, what the damage was already done, him being out there playing for it. Yeah, and, and all those players had to do contact tracing as well, or they should have had to do contact tracing right. if you believe right. that he was in danger. Right, and if, if you believe that, then the game should have been called off right then and there. Absolutely. Or, 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 or worst case scenario is you, you postpone the whole game entirely because they, they already announced that he was in protocols because he didn't start. They delayed the game. Or delayed him playing in the game by not having him start. So at that point, you should have just postponed the game. They've been postponing them all year anyway. So I don't know why this game was significant. Right. The the thing that's most confusing about this whole situation to me is very simply that, like y'all have already stated, you have the damage has been done. If you believe that he has it, at that point, both teams should be like, hey, quarantine, shut it down. Shut down. Anybody who don't already got it, good for you, but we're not risking getting anybody else infected. But of course, Kevin Durant does the most Kevin Durant thing possible and makes it impossible to root for. Every time you try to be like, you know what? He's right here. He then tweets, yo, NBA, your fans aren't dumb. You can't fool them with your whack expletive that rhymes with bass PR tactics. Kevin, what are you talking about? What did they fumble this? Absolutely. Did this hopefully show them a hole in their system? Absolutely. PR stunt? Kevin, are you okay? 
Is everything all right at home? This is negative PR. This is not good PR. This is not the type of, the NBA is not like for the average everyday person or for like a, if you're a celebrity that's popular from uh, the gossip columns and blogs, sure, there's no such thing as bad publicity. If you're the NBA, there, there's a ton of it. There's a ton of it. I promise you there's a thousand things that, that can be bad publicity for you. And you mean to tell me that they reach for publicity by pulling one of their star players off the court? Come on, man. I, I Come think on. that's the biggest issue we've gotten from KD's career is that uh, he thinks the universe is, revolves around him. If he didn't, I, I don't even think that is what it is. That I think he feels like, and and y'all gonna hate me for saying this. I really feel like KD walk around like he should be treated like Brian get treated or better than Brian. Like I mean, I really, that's, the, that's the reason he's not in Golden State, from my understanding. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, Listen, here's here's the thing that I don't understand about it. If you know who you are and who you are not, you don't need other people to validate it. If you know, hey, I've done what I did. I Every time we matched up head up and it was fairly evenly matched, I whipped the wheels off them. You live with that and you keep it pushing. There's no need to, oh, they never fully embraced me. Oh, But, you know, again... This is, and this all goes back to Jesus Christ, Kevin. Please just shut up and let people root for you sometimes. <laughs> let people say, like, Kevin is right. Kevin has points. Because this is just what. Like, like just, you know, you know, you know what this seems like to me. You know how you get mad at your parents. You get to text your mans about them. Like, man, my mama tripping, bro. She always doing this, bro. I can't stand my mom. He just threw a temper tantrum to his man. That's what KD, KD just did on Twitter to the NBA. He was like, man, I hate Adam Silver. He always picking on me. It's just, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, Grown man, bro. It's it's terrible. It really is. Kevin, please stop tweeting. Please. please. Pe- more people want to support you, but you, your tweets just make it impossible. You make it impossible. You literally look us dead in the face and be like, I don't care about you people. I I will be the worst person I could possibly be. I will be 30 years old with a burner. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> like, it's weird. You're weird. Stop being weird. But anywho, speaking of Kevin Durant, just... Uh, uh, we got to go with a positive here. He is leading the all-star voting. And if we're looking at the all-star voting so far, I'm going to read these names off for you and how they go here. Uh, the front court. So first of all, Kevin Durant is the leading vote getter overall with uh, 2,300,000 at last tally. Uh, LeBron is in t- second with 2,000, 2,000,000. 288,000. I apologize, fans. I got a little enumerate there. And then uh, Steph Curry is in third with 2,100,178 votes. Now, if you go down the line here, uh, you've got pretty much the usual suspects as far as um, on the West, Bron, Jokic, uh, Kawhi, AD, Paul George, Zion Williamson, Andrew Wiggins are fairly new to the party. But then you've also got Christian Wood in here in, in some of the top vote getters. And then for the guards of the West, you got Steph at the top, Luca, Dane, John Morant, Spider Mitchell, D Book, Chris Paul, CJ McCollum, 
Shay Gilgis Alexander, somehow Clay Thompson. I don't understand that. I really don't, but I mean, I guess it's a thing. Uh, for the East, KD. For the forwards, KD, Giannis, Embiid, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Sabonis, Julius Randle, Gordon Hayward, Jeremy Grant. Guards, Bradley Bill is the leading vote getter. Then you got Kyrie, um, Harden, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Trey Young, Colin Sexton, Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons. Tell me, are any of these a surprise to y'all? And and who is who is a newcomer that you're that you think like they'll be here for a while going forward? Um, the one surprise I see come out of the Western Conference is Andrew Wiggins. I know that like Golden State has a has a pretty decent fan base and they'll they'll get their players in there. But I don't know, man. I didn't think anybody was a behind. If he came out was having an exceptional season, it was like, man, he's really filling the void for, you know, all the players that went down for Golden State, all the players that they lost. Then maybe, yeah, I could understand. But one, I I haven't seen anything great out of Wiggins this season. Yeah, and then been playing decent, but not. Hard. When they got him, they they needed more than decent. <laughs> oh, you don't get to an all-star game with decent. You, right. you just can't do it. Well, I mean, he on, on the season, he's averaging 17.9, 4.7 rebounds, and 2.1 assists. Yeah, those not all-star numbers to me. And, those and missing no. Iguodala, you know, uh, this is your first full season without KD. Um, missing Clay. I didn't think that the Golden State Warrior fan base would get behind what they're getting out of out of Wiggins right now. But you know what though, the Warriors fan base is just tired of being a punching bag because like <laughs> it was literally to the point where in the beginning of the season, people could not wait. People could not wait to let the Warriors have it. And now 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 they've snuck their way into playoff contention. And like granted, there's a lot of season left. They ain't, ain't sneak their way into there. They didn't sneak their way in there. Steph Curry is the carrying 14 other men. <laughs> oh, okay, I was about to say, I don't, I don't know what you call it. But and crawling right, into the right. playoffs. I, hey, I listen, mean, he got wrong. Draymond back. I mean... I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Draymond, a lot of people, you know, that's that's casual basketball fans are only get they takes from Twitter is gonna hear this and be like, "What are y'all talking about?" If you see the Warriors with and without Draymond, even if he getting four points out there, you can tell the difference of when he's on the floor. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He he not only sets the pace, but he's also constantly coaching up the young guys. Like yeah. the clip we saw with Wiseman earlier this year, where he said, "Listen, if you're out there with." Gasol will take that matchup. I like that matchup. Take a shot. Right. Put it on the put it on the floor. Make him guard you. Make him defend you. Don't pass the ball off. That's that's a really big thing because again, Draymond is an all-star. He is a champion, and he's telling you to take the shot. Right. There's it's very rare in today's NBA that you have to, especially not even just in today's NBA, it's rare in NBA in general to have to tell a young guy, take the shot. Normally, they on some Nick Young, like, and you got to tell them, <laughs> hey, bro, like, what What are you thinking there? Like, what if you're not James Harden? You're 6'11 doing the step back cross tween tween. Uh, like, what are you, what is that? You're, that's not, that's nothing. But yeah, it's, uh, he, he's definitely a difference maker. So I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, of all my all star surprises, he's probably my biggest one. 
the fact that he's not on there, the fact that Draymond is not on here, but we got Brandon Ingram and Carmelo on here. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, well, this I can understand a little bit. Remember, remember. It's just yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And you know what? Draymond is not very appealing to the fans. I mean, and, I, I, I definitely, I definitely think in a future based off of simply fan voting, I can see Brandon Ingram being in there uh, as a as a name that you see in there permanently for this reason and this reason only. Um, we all expect for for Zion to take that next step, correct? Mm-hmm. So I think once Zion really hits like the superstardom level that we're expecting him to, it's going to be a lot of bandwagon fans that jump onto the onto the New Orleans bandwagon. And I think the fact that they'll have such a large fan base from all of the Zion attention, I think Brandon Ingram is going to hit some of that residual and he's going to start getting some of the fan votes every year to get voted in. You know, I I keep hearing about Zion taking the next step and like becoming something that we haven't seen. I keep hearing it. And granted, this is only his second year. And he's been very good so far. I don't know if there's something else for him to go get. I mean, look at it from this perspective, though. We're not necessarily wild away with everything Zion is doing, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at his games... From somebody that young, it's scary to see, uh, you know, games that efficient from somebody that age. Oh, for sure. But that's my thing. Even right now, Zion Williams is amazing at putting the ball in the basket. He just finds ways, be it around the run, be it from mid-range. He just finds ways to put it in the basket. There's no arguing. I'm honestly going to say this about uh, Zion. Other than the couple games he's had... If he don't know how to shoot that ball, he's going to be another Giannis. Very dominant player. I think he's already a far greater shooter than Giannis. I mean, he definitely is. Definitely better than Giannis. But he's still not nobody where, okay, we're we not putting a wall at the rim for him. And and we're going we not, we not to guard him at the three and eliminate putting a wall up at the rim. He's somebody I'm comfortable with sagging off of and letting him shoot. I'm comfortable. Oh, if, but if we're talking about sagging off him, that's because you make a decision on which one you rather have. Zion at the rim, Zion shoots. It's just, right. like, it's just like Brown when he first got to Miami. Brown when he first got to Miami was not a bad shooter by any stretch of the imagination. But if you had to make the choice, which Pop called correctly, Pop said, or he didn't say this verbally, but the defense said it for him. I will build the wall. He will miss. We'll be fine. And he was right. Exactly. And he was that's right. What, that's what happens to Giannis in the playoffs. So if the Pelicans ever get the right pieces around Giannis, which I think they're in the right direction, if they, I mean, around Zion, uh, they're in the right direction for sure. But until he proves that he can knock it down in the consistency when he's left open, I don't see him really advancing. I think he, he's a great talent. He's going to be good at putting the ball in the rim. He's going to be ter- terrific on transition. But just that play style is really just it's deteriorating in the NBA. Because in the playoffs, it's harder to get those transition opportunities. Yeah, in the regular right. season, you will run into a bunch of young dummies that are going to put up a bunch of bad shots that lead to long rebounds, natural transition. You'll find a bunch of young guards who don't know what it looks like to be uh, to truly have someone blitz the screen but not trap. They don't know what that looks like. They haven't seen it in college. So they're going to turn the ball over. Boom, you're out in transition. When you get to the playoffs, mm-mm. 
in the words of Bishop Teddy Long, not so fast, player. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's it, I I think that he has I think that he has a special, very unique skill set. I think that they need to stop putting those minutes caps on him. Uh, it's good to see them kind of lift him this year, but still at the same time. I don't know how many different levels he has uh, to go to. I still uh, think uh, he needs to lose some weight too, man. Them knees gonna be. We seen that, that happen. That's to part of D-Wade. his game too. That's part we of his seen game that happen too, to D Wade so. though, man. Them knees, them knees, man. We and Russell Westbrook, everybody that play like that, them knees, man. And I tell y'all one thing, y'all might call me crazy for it because I know, like, even if I was in a position, I probably wouldn't pay him either. But I think if we really want um, Zion to exceed at the level that he can over the next sort of over the course of the next few years, I think the Pelicans gonna, Pelicans are going to have to pay uh, Lonzo. Nah, and that and nobody you know else on that, that team is feeding him the ball. And that's another thing that I was thinking that I I ain't really it was, it was a thought in my head that like everybody thinks that the Pelicans have a super great window because they're young, but we saw with OKC. Sometimes that works against you because the young guys are going to want to get paid. Yep. Some of those young guys are going, they're going to say, okay, well, if Zion's the alpha here, I want to go be somewhere, the alpha somewhere else. I want to be the, the, the lead brawl handler. I want to be the guy that the offense runs through somewhere else. It's possible. It's possible. I'm just saying. And, and I don't so, think, I don't think. Oh, go ahead. I don't think you play Lonzo, bro. You can go get a, a budgie point guard to to put with Zion, man. I mean, listen, I, I I don't think that Lonzo is a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's pretty good. Right. Actually, let me not say pretty good. I think he's all right. <laughs> I think he's all right. He, he, he's decent, but however it gives, I'm not giving Lonzo more than $8 million a year. I'm not. Hey, listen, I always used to wonder why 2K used to have it like you – you would think that your your team was set up for a dynasty. You got all these young <laughs> right. players. Then a player that's an 81 overall come to you asking for 30 M. No, Frugamino need 15 million, baby. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he pull up. Hey, big dog, I need about 25. Wow. You're, you're averaging eight and three. This is a video game and you're averaging eight and three. Like, right. what are you doing? And he's like, hey, I need, I need 25 or I'm going to go to the Pistons. And you're like, well, go to the Pistons then. I don't care. Like that's hey, it's, that's how I go. That's how I go. But now speaking of the West here, we we talked about before which was the better conference, and and we talked about how deep the West is and how how that looks. But I don't think that we could have foreseen this coming. At this point in the season, seeds four, which is the Phoenix Suns, through the fourteenth seed which is, I want to say, the Dallas Mavericks, and everyone between them are separated by no more than four games. Mm. So let let me name the teams that are in this cluster for you. And I'm going to name them in order. Spurs. I'm sorry, the Suns are four. Spurs, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Warriors. That's four through eight. Here's where the playoffs cut off at. Kings. Rockets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Thunder, Mavericks. Again, the leader of that pack is 13 and 9. The trailing in that pack is 10 and 14, five games behind. So, 
with that being said, I'm sorry, four games behind. So with that being said, do these do these standings change at the end of the season? And if so, who's in that's not in right now and who's out that's currently in? Okay, so I think that if you keep these teams healthy in a current order that they're in, I think all of these teams make the playoffs the way that it is now. I just think the order changes. Sacramento mm. is that team that have some good young pieces, but they're still putting it together. So I think they can make the playoffs in the future, but this year isn't that year. Memphis is another one of those teams. John Morant still has another level he can get to, but they still, you know, they're still figuring out the cohesiveness of that team. I think they have them a unit that's going to stick together for at least a few years. Not saying it's going to re- result in any deep playoff runs, but I think it's going to be one of those teams that we could see sitting around that four seed for the next five, six seasons. So basically uh, Memphis is going to go back to being Memphis. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Um, Houston, they had a shakeup. Houston is the only thing, I, only team I can see sneaking in there, but I can't see them replacing any of the current teams with the exception of maybe San Antonio and Pop is out there hooping with a my team pre-order pack right now. So I think that San Antonio is staying in there. And then um, I think it's a pretty long shot for New Orleans, even though those are my guys. They still are figuring it out. I don't know what else you got to figure out. They should be a playoff team right now, but it's something missing. OKC, I just don't. Chris Paul really propelled them last year. They got good young pieces, but it's, it's out the window. And then Dallas. I thought Dallas would be one of the top seeds in the West this year. And I'm not sure what's happening to that team, but something is going on with that roster. Mm. Man, What do you I, mean by that? Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? I I can't tell you. It's it's like they're they're missing something. They're not they're not moving. I think I think what they're missing is a head coach. Um, not, not a, sorry, not a head coach, not a head coach. Um, an offensive coach. Last oh, they had yeah. Silas. Yeah, they missing Silas. Yeah, si- I think Silas is what they're missing because just the easy looks that that team got on offense last year that had players like Dorian Finney-Smith and you know it, it etc. Hooping, they're not getting those looks this year that they were getting last year. So I think that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Chris, what do you think about this? Is is this going to change at all? Who, what do you think is happening here? The only team I think going to get in there that's not in there currently is Dallas. That's the only team that has a chance. But it is a play-in tournament, so it's no telling what's going to happen this true, year. True, true. It's crazy. So that's the only team I think. And 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 the reason why Dallas is so low, I think I, I know the answer why. Number one, they lost Steven Silas, who we can see what he's doing in Houston right now. He's an offensive mind that's gifted. He's really gifted with the offense. And also, he, he also is making Houston play well defensively with a lot of pre-order packs players. So Lord Jesus, not pre-order pack <laughs> players. Yeah, so so Steven Silas is is it, the, the job he did last year is very underrated. Okay. Um, another reason is Porzingis missed the first 10 games, 10 to 12 games, I believe. Also, Luca admitted that he was out of shape in the first seven to 10 games. He admitted, I'm out of shape. I didn't really work that hard. This offseason, I kind of was relaxing. Didn't expect the season to start this quick. Luca. And a lot of teams are figuring out if you if you could limit Luca from going God mode. 
then it's not really much to this roster other than Luca and Porzingis. It's really not much. Tim Hardaway's always been a, a iffy, a streaky player. Um, right. Finney, Finney Smith always been a streaky player. You got Max Kleber. Help me out with the uh, pronunciation. Maxi Kleber. Maxi yeah. Kleber yeah. always been an iffy player, and they're not as deep either. So I mean, it's just that, that that's where they're struggling right now. They had a lot of injuries early, and Luca was out of shape. And they also a lot of teams are figuring out, hey, we gonna make everybody but Luca beat us. So Porzingis got to step it up. I feel like he's getting into the swing of it. As we currently record this, Porzingis had 15 in the first half against the um, Timberwolves, which is a good sign, even though it is the Timberwolves with no cat or D, though. <laughs> I, I might get 15 in the first half against the Timberwolves. Again, okay. it, it just, it, it's, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. But, but, but all I'm saying is I think Dallas has a shot of getting in there, at least being in the play-in tournament. And if they see like a San Antonio in a play-in tournament, I'll take Dallas. Um, but like I said, it's just the it's just the 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 fact that a lot of teams are figuring out that roster, and it's just they realizing this roster is nothing nothing really special. It's just they got one super talented all star play superstar player, and they got a, a all star that's coming back from injury. That's really all it is to that roster. They lost Seth Curry, who was phenomenal for them last year. They added mm-hmm. Josh Richardson, been in and out of the lineup. But he's not a Seth Curry to me. He's he's good, but he's not a Seth Curry. So no, not at all, not at all. And I, I think the the thing that people really underestimate about the value of a Seth Curry in today's game, number one, being that good of a three point shooter opens up the floor for your star to get in the paint. Yeah, you can't help off Seth. That's oh okay. Don't worry about it. Easy three. That's why on the 76ers, his role is expanding and he's looking like he's looking like he's almost in that territory where you're like, hmm, he can three, he can shoot the three and play make a little bit. Maybe he'll be a solid starting guard. He's not no damn solid starting guard, but he can shoot the three ball that well. And he's with a team where everything is in the paint because Ben Simmons won't shoot the three. You know a person so. that's made a living off of being a solid three-point shooter and just being a like a subpar playmaker? Who? J.J. Ray. You know? He, he, he's like a God-level shooter, though. He's, he's, I was just about to say, he's, he's better than decent. He's He's... No, no, no. I'm saying he's a he's a great shooter, but he's like subpar. Like he could get you three assists a night type of playmaker. And that's all oh, in this yeah. in this league, you could have a long time in this league just doing that. A long time. But mean, you know what? And, Derek Derek Fisher played 20 years in the league, bro. And you know what? Somebody somebody made this job. I can't remember who, but it still stands true to this day. If you can stand in the corner in the NBA and go three for eight consistently. You will be able to play in the NBA for at least a decade if you can just stand in the corner and go three eight. And you know what? You know, but PJ Tucker do a lot more things than just stand in the corner. Go yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, he he. he, But on offense, you know where to find PJ Tucker on offense. Oh, absolutely! Right there in the corner. Right there in the corner. JJ Redick is a 41 percent career three point shooter. My lord. Yeah, he's he's kind of god tier when he comes. He's up there. He's a forty one percent is out of control. But yeah, it's it's absolutely a, uh, a a thing as far as that goes. And 
I so when I look at this West, when I look at all these teams that are in this little jumbled up bunch right here, I see it like this. A lot of these young teams are going to falter down the stretch. And the veteran teams, the teams with the experience, the teams that know what they're doing, they're going to find a way to get it in. So the Thunder, while they are playing, while they play hard, they just don't have the skill. Like, what you going to count on Lou Dortz to get you in the playoffs? If you do, I have some <laughs> bad news for you. I have some very, very bad news for you. Not saying that Lou Dortz is trash. Not saying that he'll never be good. But, now I mean, not, now's not it. You don't count on him to be the guy. You count on him to be a guy, which worked out for him last year in the playoffs. He was a guy who stepped in and, and was like, oh, that's big time for him to be hitting shots. You don't count on him to be the guy. And one thing to watch out for this West, though, it's a player over there in the East that hasn't even been on the floor that he would make – he would shake up the West dramatically. He just over there. And y'all might be able to guess the player who I'm thinking of. I'm I'm, no. I'm lost. Who are you thinking of? Man, Kevin Love. If he goes to any of those teams that's borderline, like think picture Kevin Love going to Dallas or Kevin Love going to Denver or something like that. Uh, yeah, Dallas uh, needs something called defense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm with you 100%, yeah, but – I'm with you 100%, but – Kevin Love and Porzingis down low, that offense would be ridiculous. Ridiculous. So I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I think one team that could greatly benefit from a, a Kevin Love that's in this little mix-up and jam-up, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies play mm. good basketball. They just have nobody to space the floor for job. Oh, well, that's because Jaron Jackson is injured. I agree, but still, like, you – He's still not the spacer the fact, that you need when he's back. Exactly. And the fact that you're counting on just one guy to do it. This is the NBA. You need multiple. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. And, and Darren Jackson will be phenomenal in Memphis. Exactly. I think that that would be a, a really good pairing for those two. And I don't think you got to give up too much for Kevin Love at this point. No. Nah. He just got engaged. Kevin Love riding off of the sunset waiting on, waiting on somebody to give him $10 million a year. Your bro do not you, you, care about this You have a decent role player and, and a future first, maybe. Exactly. And you got yourself Kevin Love. And that's and that's not to say like, oh, he gonna he gonna go over there and, and be this great un, unstoppable world beater, but if you got for a young what team, you ask, that, that exactly. IQ and that skill level never going anywhere. Exactly. Also, exactly. Hot, hot, hot take Gibbs, I don't think your calves gonna get in there anymore. The Hornets are knocking at the door, man. Here's the thing. I did not foresee Kevin Love not playing at all. I did not foresee. <laughs> I, this was something that caught me off guard. I was just like, hey, if, if, if everything roll out fine for him and, like, he shows up, they'll be good. Bro has not played yeah. at all. At all. And even still, I still think they got a shot. Yeah, they got a shot. They only one game back, but they I mean, they got a shot, man. But y'all know me; I got the utmost faith in, in Lamelo, and he's starting now. Got eight of my Hornets in there. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I feel that I feel the Hornets love. Somebody said that uh, Lamelo is making the Hornets must see TV, and I said, you know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, I wouldn't say must see TV, but you know when something come on on the TV and you forgot to change the channel, and you be like, hey, this is actually pretty decent. The Hornets is pretty decent TV. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. 
We're not saying that they're a good team. Just entertain. <laughs> I, I, I want Josh arrested. I want Josh. Wait. So you would rather? So you would rather watch the Pacers and the Bulls play? Like, what are you? Come on now. No, no. I'm saying. I'm saying no. If uh. If if Lakers if Lakers Celtics on and they show a little and they show a little uh break the NBA TV and show the Hornets playing I'd be like you know I watch Lamelo for a couple of minutes. All right, that's two of the most exciting teams in the league though. <laughs> watch this, Seventy Sixers Bucks are playing. You telling me that you'd like? Hey, I'm glued to this. I do not want to see no Lamelo ball. Or right, I think I'm gonna go watch Lamelo, bro. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he up there. He up there. It's, I'm not saying that he turned them into contenders, but it's it's good ball to see. It really is. But anywho, um, listen, I know that y'all tired of us talking about LaMelo Ball. I know y'all tired of us talking about these all-stars and all that. I, I know that y'all tired of, of us ranting and raving about the best ball, brother, which is LaMelo already. But keep on coming back the next week, the week after that, and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,